0: Well, it's a very good morning to you all. My friends, I trust you are all right. Now, this is the month of December. It's still quite early, but uh, I know that uh, very soon we are going to be all cheerful and uh, merry and uh, saying Merry Christmas to everyone. And that's fine. And uh, I want to take this opportunity uh, to just uh, look back at uh, the story of Christmas, which is going to be, you know, our story uh, the whole of this month. But I want to trace its background from the Old Testament days, and um, I'll do that, uh, uh, you know, progressively until we come to the, uh, to, the, uh, to the climax of it all, when Jesus is born and what it all means to us today and, uh, and in the future as well. So my name is uh, Nimrod Bai from uh, Koinonia Ministries in Nairobi. I would like to welcome you all to join me in the reading, in the studying, in the meditation upon the Word of God. Uh, Let us pray. Our dear loving Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for our families. We thank you Lord for your many blessings upon our lives. We thank you Lord to know that even in times of trials and difficulties you are with us and you will deliver us. Our hope is in you. Our hope is in the Son, in the, your Son Jesus Christ who loved us and gave up his own life on our own behalf. We pray that you be with us now and give us understanding and the desire to put your word into practice, in Jesus' name we do pray, Amen. Now our reading this morning is from the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. We did uh, mention it some in a previous uh, lesson, but um, we didn't. We just briefly. So let's go back to it now. And look at chapter one, verses one to fourteen. Uh, it's a whole chapter, actually, but uh, fairly short um, to help us in our meditation this morning. And the uh, word of the Lord say, an oracle, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi, I have loved you, says the Lord but you ask, How have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? The Lord says, Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated, and I have turned his mountains into a wasteland, and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Edom may say, Though we have been crushed, we will will build rebuild the ruins but this is what the Lord Almighty says they may build but I will demolish they will be called the wicked learned a people always under the wrath of the Lord you will see it with your own eyes say and say great is the Lord even beyond the borders of Israel blemished sacrifices. A son honors his father and a servant his master. I am a father. Where is the honor due to me? If I am a master, where is the respect due to me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you, O priests, who show contempt for my name. But you say, how have we shown contempt To your name You placed defiled food On my altar But you ask How have we defiled you By saying that the Lord's table Is contemptible When you bring blind animals For sacrifice Is that not wrong When you sacrifice crippled Or diseased animals Is that not wrong Try offering them to your governor Would you be pleased with you? Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. No, now now implore God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations, from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying, Of the Lord's table, it is defiled, and of its food, it is contemptible. And you say, What a burden! And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, crippled, or diseased animals and and, and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cast is a cheat who has an acceptable meal in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord, I mean sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. That is the word of the Lord. Well, as you heard, my dear friends, Malachi is not missing any words. Actually, it's God who is not missing any words. And the prophet does not even uh, attempt to make God's words, you know, kind of diplomatic. He doesn't soften them. He doesn't oh yes, God is like this, but Oh, yeah, he will do good to you still. Yes, he does. God is gracious and he forgives, but only those who repent. But let me say then, uh, Malachi uh, is the last book of the Old Testament. And it ends on a very angry note, a very sour note. It's a dark period for the remnants of the nation of Israel. God is promising a terrible disaster is coming. And why? It is because they have once again dishonored his name. They have disrespected him. Even his holy place, the temple, even the sacrifices that they offer to God, are contemptible, diseased animals, crippled animals, blind animals, the kind of gifts they would not even offer to their own governors. Try and give such animals, such offerings and gifts to your governors. Will they accept them? The answer is obviously no. So why do we bring them to our holy God? Why are holy priests accepting these diseased animals and actually sacrificing unto the Lord? knowing that he has established his standards in, the, in his law. Quite frankly, something is seriously wrong and God is justified to be angry and to promise disaster. Now, as we know from our other prophetic writings, um, both Israel and, and Judah, that means the entire nation of Israel, was taken into exile. Uh, the, 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 this, the northern part, Israel, it went into Assyria. They never came back. Judah was taken into exile into Babylon. They came back after 70 years, but only some of them, only some remnants came back. And they came when they came back, they appeared to have learned a lesson that from now on it appeared as if they were going to honor the Lord because they set about rebuilding the temple, they rebuilt the wall, and worship was re established. However, it didn't take too long for them to relapse back into their old ways. The very reason. That uh, that took them to Babylon and Assyria, uh, they, 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 they they had gone back to them once again, and now they were they were insulting God by the manner of their worship, by the manner of their sacrifices, and the attitude of both the priests and the worshippers as they came to God's holy temple. So then. And, uh, and, and God places the greater blame on the priesthood, the holy priesthood, the ordained priesthood, the men who had been set apart from the tribe of Levi to do nothing else but to offer sacrifice, to intercede for the people in the presence of the Lord who were require themselves to, to live holy lives and example to the others. And God is angry. God is absolutely angry. And now, God pro- promises that he's going to, there's going to be a day of disaster. But in the meantime, what does God uh, do about this false priesthood? the ones that are encouraging the people to bring deceased animals for sacrifice, knowing full well that they shouldn't. And it is an, a great offense to God. God actually rejects the priesthood. He changes the God. I, I, I mean, and we know from the Old Testament, it was the New Testament, that, that, that actually happened, but we shall come to that later on but uh, let me let me let me say that uh, it's sad that because uh, because it is this is not the first time that the priesthood had been unfaithful this is not the first time nor the last time that the priesthood of Israel had misconducted themselves and had God, caused God to be angry now in the book of Ezekiel, for instance, Ezekiel chapter 34, God is angry with the priesthood, the so called shepherds of Israel, the shepherd of God's people. Why? Because they think only about their own welfare. They enrich themselves, they eat well, they live well, they experience the poor and uh, uh, and they neglect the work of teaching um, the people God's sheep and giving them spiritual nourishment as they were required to do and so in even in that very chapter 34 of of, uh, Ezekiel then God says because they have neglected their work because they have neglected my sheep, I'm not going to let the sheep wander away uncared for. I am going to take over their responsibility myself. I will be the shepherd of my people and I'll bring them back from all the places where they had been scattered and bring them back to myself. God does not need our services, my friends, it is a great privilege when God gives us the opportunity to be ministers, to be his servants, to be even to be his worshippers. He can do without us, especially because when we are disobedient, he can do away with all our worship and all our sacrifices and gifts. He has done without it. for for thousands of years and he can do it again. Let us be warned, even the church of Jesus Christ. Now God did exactly what he had said he would do, which is the reason why we are celebrating Christmas, we celebrate Christmas every year. For God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to be the shepherd of God's sheep. In John's gospel, we read as follows. And this is Jesus speaking I am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep just check the contrast the good shepherd Jesus lays down his life for the sheep but the shepherds of Israel suck I mean uh, God complains they eat the best of the sheep but the sheep themselves remain hungry and malnourished Jesus says I am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep I am the good shepherd I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep that is John chapter 10 verses 11 and 12 uh, paraphrased of course if you ever wondered why the priesthood was so angry with jesus that they had him crucified i suppose this could be one of the reasons they were evil of course they did everything that was wrong and refrained from doing what was right and jesus was just challenged to them because he was righteous and because he was faithful and obedient and they knew they were not and he was coming to take over their job. He was going to fire them. The rest is history. The book of Hebrews confirms that indeed the Levitical priesthood was brought to an end and was replaced by the priesthood of Jesus, according to the order of Melchizedek, which is an everlasting priesthood. As he goes on, on and on and on, in all eternity. God, Jesus is a perfect high priest, the one and only one who did not sin. And so he becomes, he, he, he is our sympathetic priesthood. He suffered with us. He lived our kind of life and tasted the bitterness of life here on earth. Our trials, our temptations, and he overcame them, including death itself. And now, uh, the one who intercedes for us in the courts of heaven is Jesus Christ himself. I praise God for that. He thinks could never be better. And so that, my friends, is enough, I think, to give meaning to to our celebration of Christmas this season. Uh, Let us uh, have Jesus on our thoughts as we celebrate. Now we have noted that um, God has warned from the very beginning, from Genesis to Revelation. He has given one warning repeatedly, over and over again. You are either to worship me in righteousness or not at all. In other words, it's better to have no worship at all than to offer me fake worship. And Malachi, that is the message of Malachi, really. And there are consequences. If you insist on continuing to offer me fake and false worship, there are going to be terrible consequences. God has always revealed that he does not accept our prayers unless or even our gifts and sacrifices including our services if we are not obedient to his moral law if we are not living up to his expectation of us and he says i am holy and therefore you must be holy now within the temple god met the high priest once in a year on the day of atonement in a special place called the holy of holies the most holy place and the priest himself because he's a sinner he's a man like anybody else he had first of all to purify himself and put on the kind of clothes you know that have not uh, that are worn war- war- only for that purpose now malachi is saying this wants the 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 temple doors shut and he says i wish one of you would shut the doors last sunday jesus was saying here i am i'm standing at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i'll come into him now god is saying in malachi it is shut the doors shut the doors why so that these defiled gifts and offerings can't stop, so that this false worship can't stop. I'd rather be outside than inside that temple. Right? So let one of you, one who is faithful, go and shut the door. One who is offended as I am, as offended as I am, shut those doors. My friends, I said last Sunday that the choice depends on us the choice is always ours not the whole crowd so was there anybody offended by these offerings by the priesthood apparently not because his worship continued this false worship continued during jesus's time it was going on but it had turned into a into a den of robbers as you know and finally my friend the sad history of israel is That in AD 70, with these false worship still continuing there, the temple was destroyed, just as Jesus had predicted, until no stone was left upon another. And the temple has never been rebuilt 2,000 years down the line. God can do away with our worship, my friends. God can do away with our worship in our churches, if we are not obedient, if we don't honor His name, and also honor our own name, the name that God has given to us. Christian, God's people, a holy priesthood. My goodness, my friends, we're in serious trouble if we imagine that we can appear before the presence of God with defiled hands, with blood in our hands, with defiled clothes and defiled hearts. We belong to him and we are to to be holy. Let us listen, therefore, and take heed from Malachi's warning. Disaster is coming upon all evildoers, whether you call yourself Christian or non-Christian. God's anger is, is upon all those who do evil. And so what happened to Israel can happen to the church as well. It cannot be. It cannot be any different. Whether it is to the priesthood of the, I mean, ministers and pastors, or ordinary worshippers, we are called to be holy. So it is God's standard to all his followers is the standard of holiness. That's why the only Jesus is able to enter into the presence of God and offer holy sacrifices. He alone is qualified to intercede for us and to represent us in the course of heaven. He is the one and only sinless high priest. Without Jesus, my friends, there is no worship. Dear Church of Jesus Christ, and all who hear this message, including worshipers of other other faiths, from other faiths, Let this be known to us all. There is only one God and only one savior, only one who, only one person who intercedes between man and God. His name is Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He doesn't say Jesus is for Christians is for the whole world. And even Malachi does mention that, doesn't he? God says, I will be honored outside Israel. I'll be honored and worshiped among the nations. That's what we are doing here today, worshiping the God. But the question, that same God whom Israel rejected, We, when the message came to us, we received the gospel of Jesus Christ and believed in our holy God but how faithful are we? How different are we from Israel? The consequences are similar, whether we are the church or Israel itself. That's why Jesus was born, to be our savior. He lived among us, so that he can taste the kind of life that we live. So that, as the word of God says, he might be a sympathetic high priest. Now my friends, People often say about Christmas, Jesus is the reason for the season. They are right. Let us not attempt to celebrate Christmas this year, therefore, without Jesus in our hearts. Let him be born in in your heart, my friends. He is the only solution for our sins. He is the answer to all our problems and all our questions. And as I said again, Jesus is for all the nations. He is a savior to the whole world. He is the only, only person able to deal with our sins and take our prayers and our requests to God. So it is in vain that we pray without Jesus, except in the name of Jesus. Because he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so, if your practice and your tradition and culture is to worship a God or God without Jesus interceding on your behalf, my friends, I am not being arrogant. I am being truthful. I'm being factual. You are worshiping in vain. You are offering to God false sacrifices. You are offering to God diseased sacrifices. He will not accept them. Instead, he will be angry with you to your own destruction, my friend. Christian and pastors and priests, we hold prayers every morning and we call people to worship and we raise hands and close our eyes and do all manner of things in worship. But what, I mean, what standards of holiness are we applying in worship? Is God present in our lives or it is us that are present? My friends, the pastors, the bishops, and all church leaders, let me ask you this trick question. It has been said in this country by some of our churches and some of our leaders that money is money. is good money wherever it comes from. Who cares? These are gifts, my friends, that have been offered to the church as a sacrifice to God, as an offering to God. And you are saying it doesn't matter even if the source of this money is contaminated by fraud, even though it is defiled. Let us go back to the, to, the, to the book of Malachi. God addresses himself to the priesthood. He says you are teaching the people wrong things, the false doctrines. That is what now we are being taught, that even if these steal money, even if they kill and bring money to the church, it is clean money money laundering, we are cleaning up dirty money and pretending to offer it to God. God is holy. He is fire, consuming fire, and he will burn and destroy all evildoers and those who accept who have come to him unacceptably. Remember the sons of Aaron? They offered a false sacrifice. And they were burned by the very fire they were using for, for their ministry. False priesthood, false pastors, false bishops are among us. Let us be warned to have no, no no association with such, my friends, and my fellow worshipers. Listen to the word of the Lord. God is angry. Don't attempt to enter into his presence with dirty hands, with defiled hearts and defiled Thoughts. Clean yourself first, for we are a royal priesthood. So says uh, apostle Peter. Let me th- therefore end by saying this: the book of Jeremiah is one of the prophets who warned uh, Israel uh, about their coming uh, exile and did not heed warning. He says as follows: Stand at the crossroads and look ask for the ancient paths ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls my friends i rest my case if you are seriously seeking a holy god you need yourself to be holy nothing else is acceptable whether you are ordained priest or not No offering is acceptable to God if it is defiled in any way. God bless you. Let us repent. Let us ask for forgiveness. Then let us determine to live in righteousness. God helping us. May God bless you for listening. God bless you. Now, um, uh, check those numbers and talk to us. One, either through email or through telephone, let us be in, in touch. God bless you. Bye bye.